Yeah, Riley and I practiced on each other all the time before we went to college. That's how I got so good. Welcome to episode 41 of Who the Hell is This For? Today we are talking about the Adam Sandler classic, The Wedding Singer. This was a Riley pick. All right. Uh, bef- yeah. Before we get into that, though, uh, what have you guys been watching this week? Or past two weeks? Three weeks? I don't know. It's been a while. I did have to uh, have to plan an engagement and a proposal, but we got that out of the way now, and we are going to be back into a... Uh, more regular schedule of episodes. Give the people what they want and tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure everybody wants that. Also, did we just lose Riley? No, no. I'm still here. Okay. You looked just... very flustered. Oh, no. I think my air conditioner is picking up, so I had to turn the gain down. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, your um... hair's blowing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Anyway... Uh, so I took Prodcath to uh, to brunch, breakfast. We, brunch. we went early enough for it to be breakfast uh, mm-hmm. to the restaurant where we had our first date. And then uh, that ended up taking an hour less than I expected. So we had to go. Uh, <laughs> we had to kill some time. So we stayed on brand and went to go look at Halloween decorations at Michael's uh, in July because they had finally put them on display. Uh, that's Catherine real. That's real love. Of, that's real love. Going to look yeah. at. <laughs> Does Michaels beat Hobby Lobby in that sense? Like, do they oh, bring yes. stuff out sooner? Michaels always beats Hobby Lobby. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Seeing some bias here. Come on, Riley. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Catherine then thought that she wasn't getting proposed to. <laughs> then after I allowed her to go to Michaels so we could look at decorations, uh, we went to Screenland to watch The Lion King. Uh, Riley met me during halfway through the movie. I ran out, met up with Riley. We planned what the picture was going to look like, and then uh, I proposed in front of Screenland, and it was pretty great. <laughs> I gave Catherine no time to collect herself before immediately sending her off to an engagement party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I couldn't be super public about any of that and as to why our release schedule was so messed up and why I had uh, had to focus on some other things, but now we are going to get back into a much more uh, much more regular and routine schedule of releases. All right, well, congrats to you guys, and uh, Thank you guys. from all of us here at the Who the Hells is For family, we're very happy for you. <laughs> Why don't why don't you guys start out with what what you've been watching then? Um, well we started Gilmore Girls. So that's been going pretty strong. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Congrats on starting that journey time. Oh yeah, my <laughs> my coffee intake has increased tremendously <laughs> since starting Gilmore Girls. <laughs> um, well. also my intake of just seeing Sean Gunn on screen has also increased. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Probably my favorite part. Yeah, I I love uh, love Sean Gunn. Also, Luke, the old curmudgeon. Scott love him. Patterson. Scott Patterson, great guy, close personal friend. He might actually come on the pod if we invite him. We, he might I actually, think we yeah. could probably talk him into it. He seems we like the kind of guy him. who would, and he would just sit there like silently and just grunt at us. 
and then be done. I bet if we, we if we if we if we reviewed like Bridge Over River Kwai or something like that, <laughs> I bet he would. We would have to do Field of Dreams yeah. because I'm pretty sure like he's just a knockoff Kevin Costner. <laughs> That's pretty good too. Yeah. And I bet he's aware of that. So I bet he's either a big Kevin Costner fan or hates the guy. The funny thing would be if we would reach out to his agent and be like, hey, we're going to do a Field of Dreams pod. Would Scott Patterson like to come on the pod and talk about it? We're like, uh, yeah, do you want to have him talk about Gilmore Girls? Like, no, we're just going to talk. No. <laughs> he just seemed like he'd like it. I think he'd have fun. <laughs> That would be wonderful. So yeah, we've uh, we've been watching through that. I have seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood three times now. Three wow. times, wow. Three. Yeah, I snuck in another one the other day. <laughs> when? For three hours. <laughs> I, I caught a uh, I caught a ten a.m. showing at Blue Springs Eight. Oh my god. Tyler. <laughs> That's really five bucks. Oh my god. You've now spent nine hours watching that movie. Yeah, and when the four hour cut comes out on Netflix, I'm going to spend way more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're seeing it this evening. We're seeing it at five forty at Alamo. All right. I, I can't wait to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I hope it's good. You've I, built it up I think it you've is you've built it up quite a bit. You've seen it three times. It's gonna be very devastating if I come I know, out. I've I don't been... like it. I've well, I've seen like fifty fifty reviews on it. Like, I've seen probably as many good reviews as I have bad reviews. Well, not bad it's, reviews, it's but divisive. like seventies. Yeah, we also saw Lion King. Yes, that was the movie of uh-huh. the proposal. Yeah, we have not watched the proposal though. <laughs> also, a great movie though. Yeah, we watched Fantastic Beast: Crimes of Grindelwald last night. Yeah, yep. that movie. <laughs> And that's all. <laughs> I snuck in uh, Jackie Brown, uh, Kill Bill Volume 1, Reservoir Dogs, a couple others. Uh, but yeah, I was on a major Tarantino kick. And then I did finally watch Death of Stalin. Oh, there nice. we go. Can I, get your, can I get your take on that? So it was one of those, I enjoyed it, and it was very smart. But I think I had almost too high of expectations. Uh, that's fair. I built it up a lot. Just... Yeah, but I I did really really enjoy it, and it was it was drier than I expected. I should say. Yeah, that's accurate. I was expecting a little more on the kind of what we do in the shadows level of satire. Uh, gotcha. But it was a little more subtle than that. Yeah. And, but I I still enjoyed it, and it still is an incredibly smart movie. And uh, Steve Buscemi is amazing. Watched a lot of Steve Buscemi recently. That's yeah. a now that I'm putting that together. Yeah, that's this right. Reservoir Dog, friend of the pod, wedding singer. Yeah, friend of the pod, Steve Buscemi. Steve, come on the pod and talk about Field of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> when we start getting interviews, just every guest we're going to talk about Field of Dreams with them. That's actually that'd be an interesting pod where we pick one movie and we have celebrities come and watch it with us and tell us what they think. <laughs> Um, my buddy Roth was telling me. There's I, a, I mean, there's only one choice, right? Somebody was telling me there's a podcast, and I I can't give credit because I actually don't know what it's called. But there's a podcast where they watch the same movie every week for a year, and they do an episode. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, um, yeah. And by like episode forty nine, they're just like losing their do, shit because they keep having to watch the same movie over and over. Just well, we're just gonna do that with Field of Dreams, but it's a celebrity <laughs> pod as well. 
<laughs> the only way we can improve that idea is if it were Halloween 3. There we go. And we just make celebrities a, watch Halloween 3. That's a 3. good choice as well. Is that kind of finish up what you were watching, Ty? Yeah, that's that's okay. it for me. So I've been watching quite a bit of stuff as well. Um, we've, we, we've got a backlog to work through. Yep, yep. We um, we started Veronica Mars on Hulu. Ooh. Um, it's actually it? really good. Is it? It's it's a serialized show, right? So like every episode is a little bit like a mystery that they're being solved, Law and Order type of procedural show. But there are some threads that kind of go throughout the season, and um, you know, I, I think this Kristen Bell girl, I think she's going places. <laughs> <laughs> I think Did she's got watch- a real future out of her. Did you watch the original Veronica Mars, though? Well, that's what I'm sorry. So we're starting with that. So I know oh, you're starting I know with that. Okay. Yeah, I know they're um, bringing it back. Um, I know mm-hmm. just Hulu just released the fourth season, but we're starting with season one. So, and each, well, I don't know if each season has this many, but the first season has like 22 episodes. So I mean, it's a yeah a lot of show yeah. to work through. So I've I've missed a couple of episodes. I think Sarah's about to start season two while I'm doing this that I'll have to catch up on. But um, we, we did that and that was pretty good. There's a lot of like little uh, people who have gone on to be like famous and other stuff. Uh, like, um, man, I'm forgetting your name, but whoever Blair is on Gossip Girl, like does an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Blair Witch. Yeah. Um, Schmidt from New Girl is like one of the cops uh and they have this weird relationship where he's 20 and she's 17 but like nothing happens but it's just like it's only 2000 i mean it's 2004 so it's 15 years ago it's not long enough ago for that to be like a uh maybe they didn't know better it's it's weird um super weird yeah um well we started watching that i mean i will say twin peaks is even more guilty of that weird relationship so i can't be too judgmental about it since twin yeah. peaks is one of my favorite things ever. um i also finished all of the boys on amazon have you guys oh. watched that yet not yet not yet it's really good um i think it's up both your alleys it's it's a superhero show but it's not um so basically it's like a world where superheroes are like run by a corporation and uh they're like not actually good people um but they portray to the world that they are and kind of this group that's like destined to take them down kind of um so it's really good there's a couple of really good people in it um carl like urban carl urban carl australian urban, yeah yeah he's supposed to be british but it's like per, like pretty clearly like an australian accent um or he at least says diabolical like in every episode um which is great <laughs> and then there's a pseudo like captain america superman character that is amazing like really that really really good and i don't want to give anything away so i'll just say give it a shot on amazon and then um in that same vein i watched avengers i watched avengers after i had just finished binging the boys and it was a little (laughs) it was a little weird so that was pretty good and then um i had a couple of things that i've been watching but those are the major ones riley how about you all right um let's see here i watched uh endgame that first night it came out um still trying to watch the version with commentary um but like i gotta block out three <laughs> hours so <laughs> it's a commitment I'm not a little difficult um let's see i watched the wedding <laughs> singer twice um <laughs> oh you two have used it 
Yeah, exactly. Shout out. Shout out. Um, watch Top Gun, uh, probably, because I think the trailer for the new one released in top, like while we hadn't been recording. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else is over there that I watched. Uh, I watched Tokyo Drift. Nice. Um, watched uh, whatever Batman that Jeff just put on the Google library. Uh, the Michael Keaton. It's just, I think Probably. that's just... Hell yeah. Is that, the, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was a good one. Um, oh, and then in more important news, uh, MotoGP had returned from <laughs> summer break this weekend. Uh-huh. So vroom, it was vroom. a great weekend, and we're coming to a back-to-back. So we'll also have a race next weekend. Really excited for that. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. I got like kind of, when it's not in the season, I kind of forget how much of a nerd you are about it. So... <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're back, baby. We're back. Very good. Well, that's about it, yeah. Can't wait till we start up our other segment where we just talk MotoGP again. Without any context, where Tyler and I pick a racer and you tell us how it goes. That guy, Rossi, he's a pretty good driver, right? There you go. Well, he only got sixth today, but... Uh, Well, you know, he's 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 coming back from the offseason. Is there a guy that wears blue? Well, I, like six of them wear blue. <laughs> mm. I'll, I'll go, blue, blue teams. Right. go blue Go blue teams. <laughs> we'll say that you're a Suzuki fan. That'll work. Okay, sure. Are they They're the bad? like all blue. Are they the bad guys? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Okay. All right, let's get into uh, let's some of the in. wedding singer. Uh, dive on in. Do you want to give us a plot summary since this is your staff pick? Um, sure. Uh, Adam Sandler, who plays Robbie Hart, is uh, this town's wedding singer, and um, boy, I'm not actually prepared for this at all. <laughs> I mean, you did watch it twice. Yeah, so um, through his wedding singing, he meets Drew Barrymore's character. Um, at, at the beginning of the movie, they're marrying different people. Um, Robbie gets left at the altar, kind of spirals out of control and hits rock bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And through this, Drew Barrymore asks him to help plan her wedding with him. Um, And kind of throughout the movie, they kind of, you get the the vibe that they're falling in love. Um, And she realizes that she shouldn't marry this guy, Glenn, because he's a total jerk off. Um, and the movie climaxes with Robbie chasing her to Vegas to stop the wedding. And they he's successful with the help of Billy Idol. <laughs> um, and they live happily ever after with this movie ending. And there was a cliffhanger for The Wedding Singer 2 starring <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Absolutely I'd would watch, watch that. Yeah, it's a travesty that there was no inclusion of White Wedding in this movie. Was it in the credits? No, it was on. Oh, was it? Because when he's, like, in the basement, like, all sad, it's playing on the TV. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I wanted there, the yeah. performance by Billy Idol. Oh, at, like, at the wedding? Yes. Yeah, that would have been cool. Really bring it full circle. Yeah. Okay, do we have Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I've yes. got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, 
a tomato meter of 68% with an audience score of 80. Quite a difference there. Yeah, pretty big um, gap there. Let's look. Well, it's definitely not a movie that went for awards. Yeah. Um, Number one in our hearts, like, though. I scroll through two pages before I hit any rotten reviews. Um, nice. The tone set by director Frank... Carassi. Carassi? Caress me? No. Yeah. Tends to the cartoonishly broad while making jokes at the expense of grotesques. Um, okay. Called on to replace some of his Happy Gilmore shick with the emoting of a romance lead. He does just that, but in an unpersuasive on-off fashion. It's not wrong. Mm. Oh, there we go. That's a, that's a succinct one. It's charmingly bad in an excellent date film. Uh, yeah. I... Yeah. It is a, yeah, it's a good kinda. date film. There's not really any... I like this one that just doesn't have words. Yeah, it's like literally a splat, and then it's just it's just blank. Just no review. Uh, no review. I, I'm speechless at how bad this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Adam Sandler's best chick is basic his last of, basic chick is his lack of talent. By Cynthia Fux. Um. Oh, I'm sorry, Fuchs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I think we'll end it with that one. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you, Cynthia Fox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean F U C H S, that's that's how I would pronounce that name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm kinda i I'm kinda surprised that I mean well, I guess I'm not. I there's usually higher like audience reviews for a Sandler movie than the critics, right. mm-hmm. but I am kind of surprised that like that critics don't like this movie because I mean I would say like yeah he's got like other really well acted movies we talked about like Rain Over Me, Punch Drunk Love, Spanglish, e- even a little bit of Click. You know what I mean? Kinda yeah. Depending on what camp you put it in of silly versus serious, but I mean I would say we were talking a little bit before the pod started. Um, I think that's probably one of his more like even toned movies like mm-hmm. between the ridiculous moments and and him being like kind of normal so i don't know it could have been that it was just like early in his career so they didn't know that he could do all the rest well, of that yeah, stuff it was like right? it's kind of like in the start of the sandler like golden age mm-hmm. of his movies because yeah. i think was happy gilmore his first one or was billy madison his first one um, I cannot remember. Or I the think Billy Boy. Madison. But it's like all those around, you know. Ridiculous, over the top. Billy Madison right. was 95. Happy Gilmore was 96. And what was the other one? We're thinking Waterboy. 98. So this and this and Waterboy came out in the same year, and then '95 and '96 were Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. And then the year after was Big Daddy in 1999. Yeah, so he just dominated so like, the '90s. Yeah, right. So like in that five-year period, like of those five, like this is the most. You know what I mean? Like, right. Non Sandlery one, you know. So I forgot about Big Daddy, and I'm gonna say that Big Daddy is his least, like Sandlery exaggerated role, but it has more of the exaggerated characters 
It's the most real character for sure. Yeah. You think of those five, Ty, it's the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's him. Okay. Um, but also, it has, it has the Rob Schneider role in Big Daddy, which is more uh. exaggerated than the other roles in this movie. So it, I don't know. It's tough. Shout out to Rob Schneider for just getting by with playing stereotypes and no one bats an eyelash. <laughs> yep, <laughs> we we were way yeah. too okay with that for way too long. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, until the point that we let him make uh, Deuce Bigelow or whatever movie that was. Oh yeah, <laughs> or the or There's the a... animal. Not even uh, <laughs> not even Deuce Bigelow, but the fact that we let him make a sequel to Deuce Bigelow. That was a low point for America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so I'm looking at I'm looking at Sandler's IMDb. There was a so I think the way we categorize all this stuff of like right after his SNL career is totally right. But he was also in a movie called going overboard where his face is on the front of the like poster. That's 1989. Hmm. Um, Mouskowitz. I don't, that's not a real name. Touch that. Wait, that's yeah. Mouskowitz. Was he in Fievel? It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's just, well, it's M. It might not be Moskowitz. M O S K O W I T S or T Z. Uh. Um, he was also in. I'm just going through his other. He was also in Coneheads as Carmine, but not like one of the main ones. Oh but. yeah. And then he was in. He was in Airheads. That was the um, film movie with. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, not not film movie. The the band movie where it's, oh, they're yeah, all in the band. Yeah. So it's Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler, and he's like part of it. But I would say like his first big break as his own movie was Billy Madison of nineteen ninety five, mm-hmm. where it was like actually successful. Also, you guys, he was also in. Oh, go ahead. I'm I'm looking, and I'm pretty sure that uh, the guy that played the limo driver that's in all the Adam Sandler movies has been in more movies with Drew Barrymore than Adam Sandler has. Well, could be. He's just, like, one of the crew for both of yeah, them. Yeah, because he was in be Never Been job. Kissed as well. Well, I think he's one of, like, the main writers for Happy Madison productions. Yeah, he's got to be, right? Uh, yeah. That would be right. Fair enough. Or with some kind of creative okay. lead. I I will Man, say... there's a lot of... There's, go ahead, Ty. I was no, you keep going because mine's a totally different point. Oh, I was just gonna say I, I am bummed of all the like Happy Madison regulars that we did not have Peter Dante in this movie. <laughs> Wait, which one is that? Peter Dante is the. Uh, Peter Dante is the I'm too high to go to the devil's house, in, from Grandma's Boy. No, he's in it. He's one of the groomsmen at the very he beginning. Is? Yeah, he's got a, he's got the long, yeah. the long hair and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Then we're good as long as we still had some Peter Dante. I get him and the whoever the grandma's boy guy is mixed up all yeah. the time. I mean, they're the they're Sandler two sides group. of the same coin. All right, you want to get into what we liked about this movie? Let's do it. What did we like, and what did what worked well about this movie? Riley, what was your what were your favorite pieces because i know this is your staff pick. oh man um i don't know i just love it's one of my all-time favorites um something specific though i'd say 
Well, for the longest time, I did not know this movie was made all the way in 1998. I thought for sure this movie was made, like, just after the 80s to where they mm-hmm. could go back and make those jokes. Um, so I guess they really nailed the 80s aesthetic. Um to pair with that also the soundtrack of this movie is amazing yes i wanted to bring that up yeah. as well it's just an absolute just banger of a soundtrack um even including the like five times that george performs do you really want to hurt me <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good recurring bit absolutely and i love that like the farther the more times they repeat it, the farther they just jump into the song. <laughs> like by the time they get to the bar mitzvah, he's like, he just starts with the chorus. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing I really liked about this movie that doesn't work in a lot of movies is the montage in this movie. I thought was really good. Um, yeah. They picked a good song for it. And I don't know. It was just, it was one of the, I thought it was one of the funnier points of the movie with just all the little bits of stuff um like specifically like trying on the dresses was hilarious because mm-hmm. you george george wins um and then i'd say another oh like one of the big one other favorite part of mine was the um oh god what's her name the old lady just her whole story was great <laughs> How about you guys? Um, the music for sure definitely hits up that uh, 94.9 nostalgia <laughs> for me. Getting Ooh, regional. Heston boys wouldn't get that reference, but that's okay. All um, of us live, live or here. have lived in Kansas City. We live here. Yeah, I know I know. Yeah. 94.9. It was in my presets. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't grow up listening to it. I think you're just trying to bring up that we're all from a small country town. <laughs> I, mean, I think you're trying to segue anyways, in, but we'll we'll bring that up anyways. in a little bit. We had our own, we had our own oldies station. Yeah, your we had oldies, oldies one hundred three point seven. Yeah, and B ninety eight. First of all, yeah, anybody living in the middle of Kansas is going to listen to probably three or four different oldies stations. <laughs> you're going to have oldies, you're going to have classic rock, and you're going to have twenty different country stations that you could possibly listen to. <laughs> yeah. Just, we had that conversation yesterday. Yeah, countless. You're, you're gonna grow up with a very stations. specific, yep, genres. Um, yeah, the soundtrack for sure. Um, Sam Adam Sandler isn't too Adam Sandlery quite yet <laughs> in this one. Um, so I don't like he doesn't. Some of his movies, he just really annoys me. He doesn't. Do, he doesn't do the Sandler voice. Is what is what yeah. makes it good. Yeah. yeah, there are bits of Sandler voice in here. Yeah, but it's, they're it's so sparing. Out, but yeah, yeah. And I think that's. I mean, everybody's got their own aesthetic for what they like, right? So some people. I mean, I used to like be very into the Sandler aesthetic. Like you could not stop me from watching Happy Gilmore and Billy <laughs> Madison like multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. But like you know your your taste change and flip and stuff and so i think this is kind of the sweet spot because it does have one the nostalgia of it was made in the same time period and um has more of it still has the sandler beats for people who want that and then it has like the rom-com pieces for people who want that and you've got drew barrymore who you know at the time is everybody's favorite sweetheart you know what i mean like and so i thought it was a really well balanced film like i think 
Um, like you said, Catherine, it's for people who do not normally like Sandler, it's a much more toned down mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. But you can still like it, even if you love like the Billy Madison parts of it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I thought so. Like obviously, Sandler like actually is a good musician. Like he's done music and did it on SNL and mm-hmm. he's done like stuff like that before. But it's actually kind of cool to see him like actually flex his chops, you know, yeah. a little bit. Like he's not like the perfect perfect singer, but he's so much better a musician than you maybe would, like think he has any right to be because he's like also a comedian, right? And it's mm-hmm. not his first thing. But like it's kind of cool to see him like get to actually sing, even in like the funniest song that he does, where he's talking about like put a bullet yeah. in my head. <laughs> like even that, like the part, like it's really good actually all the way through. Um, and I went back and I watched the scene again, like after it finished, and I like busted up laughing by myself both times. Yeah. Um, well, I think what really, really funny, what really pulls that together is the John Lovitz cameo. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And I'm reaping the benefits. <laughs> He's losing his mind. <laughs> oh man, I, I um, love John. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I love the, the probably one of the funniest things or best things about like uh, Happy Madison production is the little bits mm-hmm. they throw in where there's a character who's in it for like 45 seconds and he's such a unique part of the movie that you're you think back and you're like oh yeah john lovitz is in that movie but he's only in it for like a little bit like he's not in any other scene mm-hmm. and steve buscemi is gets what three minutes of total screen time and he kills it yeah and so it's kind of fun that and that's like obviously what sandler does right like he's got a crew of people that are always in his movies and they always get a little bit of screen time and then nick Swartzen gets his own show on <laughs> on Comedy Central for three years, like mostly because he'd been in those movies, yeah. right? And the movie, and that's when and you kind of Bucky Larson, born to be Bucky a star. Larson, right. which would be a great review. And, oh my god! Oh please my no. Well, well, it's when you when you watch that full time stuff, you realize like, oh, they're probably better in just the bit parts than Adam Sandler movies. But yeah, I think the only yeah, person he's getting his friends work good for him. The only person who is not better is a bit role and. Well, they are better as a bit role just because every single bit they do is so good. But somebody who could do a bigger role and it be good is Buscemi. I think, well, yeah, I think and he's the only one of those that can, can do that. Well, and Buscemi's got it because he can actually do like dramatic work, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we, we've talked about this before, but there's so many... Um, there's a lot of people who can do really good crossover with dramatic work and comedy work. And there's so much that is similar in between those two things, like having to portray a specific emotion. And I actually think like comedy is a lot harder than people realize, right? Mm-hmm. To, to actually do it consistently and do it well. To make people laugh is sometimes harder than to, to do much else. So I appreciate when you see Sandler do dramatic stuff and when you see dramatic actors do funny stuff. Buscemi is one of those that's really versatile. Um, Will Ferrell's got that. Um, Steve Carell super has that. Like, yeah. Um, some of the dramatic stuff that Carell does is fucking out of this world. Um, so it's kind of cool to to. I don't. I'm not sure how many people think of Sandler in that mm-hmm. um, realm, but it would be kind of fun to do like a a joint review and do like Billy Madison and Rain Over Me, like in oh the my same God. episode or something. <laughs> yeah, that'd uh, that's gonna be a heavy. Maybe not Rain Over Me. That's pretty heavy, but you know something like that to to talk about the differences between the two. I think could be interesting. 
You you mentioned uh, comedians that can do drama, but I also wanted to bring up drama actors that can do comedy solely so I could talk about John Hamm, who is one of the funniest <laughs> actors that we have working right now, but is just such a good dra- uh, dramatic actor as well that when he does a break carry or break type and do a comedy role that it's just lights out. We should have that be one of our listener questions. If we don't get it for today, then maybe just on Twitter to get that is who's your favorite actor that can nail both dramatic and comedic roles. Yeah. I might, I might toss it out now. See if we can get any responses. Sure. See who's bored at two o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. I'm going to guess a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much me every Sunday at 2 o'clock. Yeah. I'm looking at Twitter. Um, I am curious. So we've got yet yeah, got him and, and Farrell, Catherine or Riley. Do you guys have a favorite? I was going like, to say. Dramatic actor um, that can do comedy or somebody in this vein? An older one um, that people don't talk about often is. Uh, because his comedy was kind of just a one-off. Uh, it would be Jeff Daniels was known as Ooh. like a huge dramatic actor, but then like did a 180 and came out with Dumb and Dumber, and it's you know, and just it's a classic. And because he just came out and nailed him and Jim Carrey, obviously were so yeah. good together. But yeah, I mean he's almost strictly a dramatic actor minus that, and I'm not going to acknowledge the money grab sequel that they made recently (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah definitely don't need to just comedy uh an actor who does comedy people who do really well in both both. Mm. Hmm. we'll give you some time to think about we can come back to it later oh i have an i have another one i have I have my favorite one, but Riley, you go first. I'm going to see if you take it. Um, I doubt it. I'm going to go <laughs> with Andy Samberg, um, specifically Ooh. in the movie Hot Rod. <laughs> <laughs> he does a drama and comedy show, in that movie. In yes. the same. In the same uh, you see him go from showing his full emotion of crying, get out, or I can handle it, um, <laughs> to physical comedy, maybe one of the best acting performances of our lifetime. A hundred percent. I thought of my favorite one. It seems it's almost too obvious that we didn't pick it up, but Robin Williams. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. Is probably the best example of that. I mean, you, I wonder how many people like saw him in like Mrs. Doubtfire or Mork and Mindy and then saw Goodwill Hunting and like, oh no, I thought this was a comedy. Like, <laughs> you know, went in thinking or, uh, Damon and Williams and getting the heaviest possible shit you possibly yeah. could. Or, um, I like the, yeah, I, I like mean, the genie def- from Aladdin. Him. I'm gonna watch one hour photo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tough. Tough. Um, is this a good time for me to throw in a, a call out for Insomnia again, where Robin Williams plays a killer? Please watch <laughs> Just, that. Somebody, somebody, please talk to me about that movie. <laughs> Just begging our listeners to watch it. Somebody watch it. No, those. Are, that's probably the the favorite one. I mean, there's some some old ones. Um, Whoopi Goldberg was in a color purple. That's actually pretty good. Um, she did a pretty good turn there. Um, then obviously Will Ferrell. We've already talked about. Uh, I have a list up here that I was going through to see if there was anything. I missed. One I just thought of that isn't as notable because 
both his comedy and his drama are kind of like I don't know I wouldn't say like second tier but they're not as they're just not as notable but uh, Chris Evans I think can do both really well and I think I think we're gonna see that in Knives Out a lot when that comes out so Um, I thought of one more two that normally do like very serious stuff would be like De Niro and Joe Pesci that both have like really funny moments obviously De Niro is in Meet the Parents but then Joe Pesci in like Home Alone right like those are two people that really shouldn't be funny like based on the stuff that they had been in before but they're both really awesome in both of those roles Um, you could all we'll we'll throw in one more uh, so we can move on with the pod itself (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'd say Michael Keaton yeah also Goes came to my fan, and then you have him in the other guys as captain, and he's just freaking <laughs> hilarious. He has great comedic delivery. So, all right, so I think we uh, we might be getting a little bit sidetracked. So let's let's move into uh, what we didn't Us? like about Never. the the wedding singer. I'll let you guys go. Uh, there's some stuff in this movie, like, in almost any movie made, like before 10 years ago right where it something gets portrayed and you're kind of like i don't know about maybe that choice so i think the the boy george character is funny but i'm not sure like if we're laughing for the wrong reasons i think you know what i mean like i think what allows that character to work is the fact that the joke is that they're obsessed with boy george and that it is very much a send-up of boy george as a person and like that persona and not necessarily like a send up of trans people or anything like that. Right. Yeah. I think it, I, I when I was watching it, I was thinking it, it walks the line. Like, cause I was trying to remember like later in the movie if something happens. And I, I think it, I don't think it does branch into, to transphobia necessarily, but you know what I mean? The, like, the that's element kinda, is there for sure, but yeah. And someone could watch it and, think it's funny for that reason even if that's why they didn't intend it so again i'm not blaming happy madison necessarily but i think there's some stuff there that you got to be careful with for sure yeah absolutely but i still thought the way they used it was was still fine but you know i think the potential is there i there was another part i didn't really like but i'm forgetting i didn't really like the linda character but i'm not really supposed to right yeah. Um, yeah so i don't really know that it was like a you know what i mean like a bad choice i just i don't know um she wasn't my favorite obviously well, it just didn't work like i didn't i would wouldn't like i just didn't see them getting married in the first place like they yeah i think that was why yeah well, and, and I, they obviously break him up really early so that he has this whole thing of why he hates weddings, but you don't really, yeah, they don't seem to fit in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I would have done differently, but yeah, it's, it doesn't work quite as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have a, a ton of huge complaints. Yeah, uh, I just what did you guys had have? a couple minor ones. Um, one, this movie is a major, like, major culprit of... Um, like the trope of people not communicating and just the all the conflicts stemming from that both uh you know Robbie and the Drew Barrymore Julia there we go I don't know why I can't remember her name um but Robbie and Julia they both have that moment where they're going to try and talk to the other person 
and then they just don't because something gets in the way and they're like oh well clearly they're happy without it it's it's just that thing where you know the old rom-com trope of we have an issue and if we communicate about it and we just literally took a two-minute conversation this would all be resolved but then it's not and that's the sole source of your conflict and it just that takes me out of any movie it's in how any movie gets solved if they would have just had cell phones yeah exactly <laughs> like she just texts she just texted me like hey can i talk hey to you, you up <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the you up would have solved this for what sure. up hey kid <laughs> Or, like, even, yeah, Adam Sandler shoots a picture over to her of, uh, of Glenn being a dickhole. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, your boyfriend was here with six other women. Maybe I should tell you about it. <laughs> the, the only other thing I didn't like from a scene perspective is that the kiss scene is so, like, so inorganic. And I think they know it's inorganic and they're just laughing at it. Yeah. But it, you can't help but watch that and be like, why would two platonic friends ever practice making out for someone else's wife? I mean, Riley and I did. a little heavy handed. For sure. Yeah, Riley and I practiced on each other all the time before we went <laughs> to college. That's how I got so good. Yeah. All, Tyler, yeah. all Tyler's help. Is that what you were doing for half the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While Catherine was inside watching Lion King, Tyler was <laughs> I had to be ready. I'm about to get engaged. <laughs> Another okay. thing. Riley, did you have anything? Oh, go ahead, Ty. Uh, just Drew Barrymore's hair. Just pissed me <laughs> off. It's not even like with the times. Yeah. Like, you can't even excuse it that way. It's just. It's just terrible. It's similar to uh, what yeah. she had in uh, Never Been Kissed, though. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just... It's just the Drew 90s Bob. That's just what she rocked. Yeah. I like that since this was set in 85, they don't give it give her an era-appropriate hairstyle. They just add a flip to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she's even wearing, like, kind of what she would wear in the 90s. Like, you know, like she's got, like, black combat boots uh like with the dress and that was like a thing she would be photographed like in the 90s wearing so i just like how they're just like let's just put 90s Drew barrymore in this <laughs> 98 barrymore we're just gonna drop you into an 18 or a 1985 let's give her the rachel and just send her on in yeah <laughs> riley did you have anything in this movie you wish they would have done differently nothing to really add other than um i did not like that they gave glenn the villain of this movie a delorean i think that gives the delorean a bad name it hurts the image a lot right so that's probably my biggest trope with this or not trope uh like qualm. only 80s douchebags own deloreans basically. which is just not accurate so <laughs> yeah just upsetting fair enough Catherine, was there anything that you didn't like in this movie kind of what you had already said like the clothing and the and like hairstyle choices i feel like everyone was in very different I don't know. They're on different levels as far as that went. And just how obvious Glenn was about being a butt. But, like, somehow magically Julia never caught him, you know, like, at all. I don't know. Checking out other girls and, you know, like. Yeah, she just, like, is just can't catch this guy at all. 
She didn't want to see it. Yeah, that's fair. Side note, Catherine's brother just texted me wanting to go see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this week, so I might be going for a fourth. Jesus Wow. Oh my gosh. Is that is that creeping up on your record on how many times you've seen a movie in theaters? Yes. Uh, I, think, I think currently the record is held at four, so I'll tie it this week, and that's held by Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, gotcha. Now, do you count, like, if it, if you're going to see Alamo's, like, re-showing of Mad Max? I guess you would count that. I, I would count eight. that, yeah. Side note, let's let's bring it all together. Did you know that uh, Adam Sandler was also considered for Eli Roth's role in Inglorious Bastards? Ooh. Really? Teddy fucking ballgame. I would, I would like to see that, actually. I think it would have worked, honestly. It would have been cool if, there had been, if there's, like, a screen test floating around. For that. All right, Sandler. Sandler in a Tarantino movie would be very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we're uh, I think we're derailing a little bit again. So let's move on into our standout and letdown scenes. I think the standout scene has to be his song yes. that he wrote. Well, for me, maybe you could do like the plane scene at the end. But I think the the funniest part of the film is when he's singing that song, and then John Lovitz is peeking out behind the <laughs> curtain. That's gotta be my favorite. I'm with you on that. So, just I think what really seals that is the John Lovitz line. Maybe even the whole John Lovitz performance, really. Yeah. Yeah. If you roll that all into one, it's a pretty clear number one. Yeah. What about you, Riley? Um, I, I'll go with the same thing just because, I mean, it, the obvious one is like the climax, but like that's obviously supposed to be like, you know, the best scene of the movie because it's they finally reach each other and tell them how they feel. But just, yeah, anything other than that, it would be the John Lovitz and the song he wrote. <laughs> what about you, Catherine? Um, the Agreed. limo driver test scene. <laughs> they were clones. Good pick. Good pick. <laughs> Letdown scene. Let's let's head the other direction. I think the kiss scene yeah. is yeah. really hammy. It's so hammy. Um, I'm gonna go. With... It's not a thing that would happen in real life. You just can't. <laughs> you can't make that scene work. I get why they did. I think it's almost. It's kind of funny because it's just like again like. It would never happen, and so the fact that it's in this movie is just funny. But because the rest of the movie is going for a little bit more realistic, I think it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with um, when after Robbie, uh, you know, he was gonna go tell Julia how he feels, but he can't do it, so he goes back, and then he runs into Glenn. I thought the quote-unquote fight scene there was like kind of unnecessary because you could have him go back home still be drunk and have linda there so yeah i mean we already knew glenn we already knew glenn was an asshole and cheated on her so we didn't really need Mm -hmm. more proof of that so i because that that didn't do anything to like sway you one way or another Mm -hmm. and And then it wasn't like it didn't make her leave or make her realize that he's an asshole like they still end up to or not end up together, but still plan to get married, and that doesn't change anything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right. What about you, Catherine? Do you have a different one? Um, no, I think I would agree with that one. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you as well. Domhnall Gleeson Award. 
I think this one's going to be the same across the board. I think so. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say John Lovitz. Yeah, John Lovitz. Who's that? <laughs> I'm, the uh, the guy. Oh, okay. Well, I don't I don't know. <laughs> what a funny joke. I honorable honorable mention for Steve Buscemi. Um, yes. With the speech at the be- at the beginning, who said, like, "I'm a person, Pop." Like, oh yeah, like his drunk outburst was incredible. Best man, yeah. better man. <laughs> God, I just I love Buscemi. I think outside yeah. of John Lovitz, Buscemi is responsible for my favorite bits in Happy Madison movies. Um, because yeah, the uh, good old crazy eyes. Yeah, the Billy Madison bit might be my favorite. Oh yeah, for sure. As like a deranged serial killer. <laughs> yeah. And when he's just like putting the lipstick on. Oh my god. <laughs> he pulls that off so well. Is that what? it? Do we get them all? Jeff, did, what was yours? Are you still with us, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I Mine was Lovitz, but then honorable mention for Steve Buscemi. Okay. Yeah, sorry, your your video froze up, so I wasn't sure. What? Do, it's, I'm, I'm out of practice. What do we do next? Uh, do we have a BuzzFeed quiz? Do we have um, a BuzzFeed quiz? I do quiz? have a BuzzFeed quiz. Another um, wedding-related an... one? BuzzFeed quiz! BuzzFeed quiz! It's an Adam Sandler-based <laughs> one. It's a- Actually, I'm calling an audible. Uh, we're going to give you guys some options of what you would pick for you know things at a wedding, and you're going to uh, pick what you we're think We're going to plan be. your wedding. Yeah, you're going to plan our <laughs> wedding, basically. <laughs> no. Um, Stop using the pod to settle your arguments. <laughs> not doing this no, I'm, I'm just outsourcing here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, some of these questions you guys actually already talked about, so it'll be easy. Um, what was the first Sandler movie? Happy Gilmore, Bulletproof, Billy Madison, or The Waterboy? I don't remember what we said. It was, Billy yeah, Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Yes. Which grade does Veronica oh, Vaughn teach? Miss Veronica Vaughn. Oh, yep. <laughs> <clears throat> Which, One hat to Mally. <laughs> Which future TV star plays the romantic lead in Happy Gilmore? Oh, Sophia oh God, Vergara, what's her <clears throat> Jenna Elfman, Julie Bowen, or Terry Hatcher? It's Julie Bowen, right? Julie Bowen. Yeah. Yes. She's the mom in Modern uh, Family, Modern family yep. right? Yep. Uh, which famous actor plays a minor villain in Happy Gilmore? Oh. <laughs> ben Stiller, oh, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, That's or ben David Stiller. Spade? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking yeah, for Bob he's, Barker. He's the retirement home. Uh-huh. Actually, uncredited in that movie also yeah. for that role. For With... the longest time as a kid, I didn't think that was Ben Stiller just because he. W- I didn't understand what uncredited roles were. <laughs> which movie it's a has... <laughs> Which movie has the lowest score on Rotten Tomatoes? Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, You Don't Mess with the Zohan, or I now pronounce you oh, Chuck and Larry. It's Zohan for sure. No, it's got I think it's gonna be Little it's Nicky. It's Little Nicky. I think it's Little Nicky. Nope. Oh it's I now pronounce you Chuck oh, and Larry. Well, that's a good movie. I yeah. know, I like that one. Really? I think it's that's probably stupid. some Jessica Beale effect. Yeah. In what retroactive? Yeah. In what Wait, year is she canceled? Is... Yeah. Yeah, she's an anti-vaxer. Yeah, she's, she's an anti-vaxer. Oh man, another one bites the dust. Yeah, and yeah. so will her yep. kids. <laughs> oh 
in who? <laughs> you better in leave what, that one in. Oh, I yeah. am. In what year is the wedding singer set? 82, 85, 87, 89. 85. 85. Yep. 74. In which Sandler flick does this guy, Peter Dante, first appear? The Waterboy, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Big Daddy, The Wedding Singer, or Little Nicky? Um, he's in Billy Madison, isn't he? I don't think so. No. I, yeah, I don't think I'm he's gonna in Billy. Say, what were the, it's not Billy. I don't think he's in Billy Madison. He's not in Happy Isn't Gilmore. He the, he's not one of the friends of no, Billy Madison? No, that's Norm MacDonald and another guy. The Waterboy, Big Daddy... Uh, Little Nicky. I think it's Wedding, wedding singer. singer. He's definitely. I think so. I think it is. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Because I know he's in The Water Boy. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, who is Julian's actual father in Big Daddy? Uh, John Stewart. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Old balls, right? Which, <laughs> which movie has the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes? Click. Spanglish, Fifty First Dates, or Anger Management? Uh, Spanglish. Anger Management. Jeff? Click. Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> Catherine, it you're the tiebreaker. Yeah! It was Spanglish. Um, At 52%. 52%. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> That's the highest. Oh, here we go, boys. Which is the actual plot of Pixels? Option one, oh, Adam Sandler encounters a magical arcade game and is transported to an alternate reality set in the 1980s where he must complete a series of nostalgic challenges to return to the present. Option two, when aliens misinterpret video feeds of classic arcade games as a declaration of war, they attack the Earth in the form of the video games. Option three, in the distant future, Humans live in a constant state of virtual reality populated by classic video game characters who have turned hostile. That's Ready Player One. Five, option I, four. Option four. That's not really. That's not Ready Player One. That's basically Ready Player One. A third world war renders all modern computers inoperable, leaving Sandler and James to save the world with only their 80s video gaming skills. I think it's number two. I I'm gonna go with number two. It's number. Pick number two, my lord. Yeah. <laughs> Straight from IMDb. <laughs> um, I'm going to answer that one. Okay. Uh, true or false? Adam Sandler is in Grandma's Boy. False. false. He's not in it. Correct. It's a Happy Madison production, but not starring him. Which character does Sandler play in 51st States? That is a huge list. Yeah. Uh, Do you know his name off the top of your head? Max no. Simkin, Lenny Fetter, George Simmons, Skeeter Bronson, Chuck Levine, Michael Newman, Charlie Feynman, Henry Roth, Barry Egan. I think Lenny. I have no idea. It's just it's Adam not, Sandler. It's not Skeeter because that's bedtime stories. Yeah, and it's not Chuck. Um, you think this one? Yeah. Nope. nope. Henry Roth. Oh, that's how I was gonna guess that. Damn it. All right, true or false? Sandler made a movie called The Cobbler. True. It's on Netflix. Yeah, true. true. Yep. Last question. In which Sandler flick does Nelly co-star? Oh, come on. Longest Yard. Yep. Oh, come on. Oh, Nelly the... Gotcha. No, Nelly Shake your tail, Feather. 
<laughs> like a bird. Promiscuous girl. Wherever you are. Oh, we got 92%. Oh, no, we scored better than 92% of quiz takers. Uh, yeah. All 93rd right. 93rd percentile. There you go. Yeah. We should we should put that on, like, our bio. Scored 92% on Adam Sandler <laughs> quiz. Put it on my CV. Yeah. <laughs> I can get most questions right about Adam Sandler. Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we did get a couple responses uh, to our double threat listener question about actor that can do drama and comedy. At Whittle 15 gave us John Hamm, uh, so he chose correctly. <laughs> and then the, uh, the guys over at The Unlucky Ones, at uh, T-U-O underscore podcast, they gave us Jonah Hill. Oh, good answer. Yeah. Oh, good answer. Wouldn't have thought of Jonah Hill. Uh, but the Jonah Hill answer does remind me of another that we didn't talk about. Uh, good old Channing Tatum. Mm. Yep. True. Um, I've got two more then, kind of in that vein. <laughs> Emma Stone. Okay. Oh, yeah, good one. Emma Stone. And then uh, Ryan Gosling doesn't ever do Ooh. like intentional comedy, but he's in pretty some pretty funny stuff. He does stuff. some intentional comedy, doesn't he, in uh, The Nice Guys? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's I guess that's intentional. Yeah, he's hilariously right. bad in Remember the Titans <laughs> at football. Fight a liability. All right. Uh, does that bring us to uh, who the hell is this for? I yep. think so. Yep. All right. Do we want to do we want to do this on hard mode? And so you can't pick any existing Adam Sandler. Or Happy Madison movies. Okay, I would just let's say do let's it. leave out. Okay, I was gonna say let's leave out Fifty First Dates would be <laughs> the main one. I'll I'll leave out any Happy Madison productions. Okay. Um, I have to check if it's a Happy Madison. It's dig a little now, bit. So hold on. Um, I have one of my picks. It is not. Okay, go for it. Um, it's uh, I don't know why this one comes across my mind, but. I think like a movie that is simultaneously like actually really sweet and really funny. We just talked about it with Emma Stone, but I think Easy A is in this vein. Okay, it's not it's not near as silly, but I think it's it's got some really good parts. Um, um music and lyrics. Ooh, oh, good pick. I'm gonna go I'm, with. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Riley. Go ahead. I'm gonna go with the wedding planner. Damn it, I should have gone ahead. <laughs> the wedding planner. Okay. Um, shit. Um, okay, well, I'd be a fool not to list this if we're talking romantic comedies. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Knew you were mm-hmm. going there. Ah, solid. Jeff? Um, I'm trying to think of my next one. Um... I think I'm going to go with Wedding Crashers. Okay. All right. Hitch. Ooh. Oh. Good pull. That is a good pull. I'm going to go with The Wedding Date, starring oh Dermot God. Mulroney, a movie I've definitely seen. No, you have not. <laughs> yeah, it's about uh, the wedding of her younger sister, the fast approaching. Uh, she faced Cat Ellis. Tell me two people 
in it. Dermot Mulroney and Amy Adams. No. Yes. <laughs> oh, he's a charming male escort, which I knew because I've seen that movie. All right, Riley, you go. <laughs> okay, I'm going with uh, Maid of Honor, starring Patrick Dempsey. Ooh, mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Let me Tyler watch that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, it's not bad. Jeff? Uh-oh. Hello? Oh, did, did we, we lose, lose Jeff? Um, Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, that's such a good movie. Yep. That's solid. And I will go with... Yep, we lost Jeff. And he's back. And we're back! Yeah, I think I... I got kicked out for a little bit. So what was the last thing I heard the... I asked you for your pick, and then you disappeared. So then I went, and uh, I said Sweet Home Alabama. My... Okay, good. I'm glad I'm glad you didn't take my last pick. My last pick is My Best Friend's Wedding Ooh. with Julia Roberts. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. I will go with The Wedding Ringer with uh, Kevin Hart. God damn it. You you have never you You've I promise you've never no. seen it. It's that got movie. Josh Gad and Kevin Hart. Stop. No. Josh Gad also nope. known for his role Riley, as Riley, who's the And also Riley, okay. your turn. Who's the main who's the main love interest in that movie? Josh Gad. <laughs> it's about um, Kevin it's Hart off. discovering himself. No. Okay, and realizing that he's with... a bottom for Josh Gad. I don't think that this is Happy Madison, so no, it's not because Happy Madison's with Sony, I think. So I'm gonna say Fever Pitch. Oh, nice. Jimmy Fallon, Drew. The Barrymore. only other, the only other Drew Barrymore movie that we've picked somehow. <laughs> never been kissed. Oh my gosh, we can't, we can't forget never been well, kissed. I was trying to not pick additional ones. I gave myself the one. Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle. <laughs> E.T. And on that note. And on that note. And on that note, let's go to ratings. I think this movie is a seven. Uh, I think it's between a six and a half and a seven. Um, Because it was, it's really fun. And it's like, it's obviously super goofy. um, and knows what it's trying to do. And I think it does it fairly well. It doesn't necessarily belong on anyone's maybe like best of list. Oh. But it's. It's a oh. super well, <laughs> like, but well, okay. Best best of Adam Sandler, but like, it, oh, this movie wouldn't be in my top ten. Um, so it's a really good movie, but I don't know that it's quite up there from like a quality level. But it's super fun. If it was on cable, I don't think you turn it off. Type of thing. It's easy to jump in and out of, which is a, a thing I appreciate about movies as well. So, if especially if it's a comedy, you have to be able to jump in and out of it. So it's a seven for me, I think. All right. Riley, what about you? Well, this wouldn't be a staff pick if I didn't give it a high rating, and I feel like I like it more than most people, and the audience gave it an 80, so I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 for me, and I have zero follow-up to that. (laughs) Well, before I give mine, we did get another response from At The Blood Buddies, and they gave us a Bill Hader as the dramatic and comedy actor. Which is I solid. haven't watched his That's HBO good. show, but I know I need to I hear start. It's Barry. really good. Bear, 
It's really good. I saw season one, um, and it's definitely worth your time. It's really good. Henry Winkler's also in it, and he's also really good in it. Also a really good fisherman, if you follow him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to get Henry Winkler and Sam Neill together so that they can just document their days going oh, fishing, tending to the be. sheep. Yeah. Henry Winkler and, and Sam Neill come on the pod and review Field of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to give it an eight and a half because right. I'm, I'm with Riley. This is my favorite Adam Sandler movie, I think, just because he is so much more subdued, but it has some of the more more ridiculous ones. It might be tied with Big Daddy, but it's uh, this and Big Daddy work because they allow Adam Sandler to be a little bit more restrained and not just the constant Sandler voice that we get now. What about you, Catherine? Seven, actually. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. Not my favorite. Podcast and I have the same rating is pretty rare. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Yeah. So I think this is a uh, this is a thumbs up all around on this one. It's mm-hmm. definitely worth your time if somehow you haven't seen it before. Uh, before we wrap up, though, what should we do next week? Why don't we wrap up and then talk about it? That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been episode 41 of Who the Hell is This For? Uh, be looking at Twitter to see what we will be reviewing next week. Have a good one, everybody. Mm-hmm.